away fishing. Had a great, great time. It was just good to... Um, to be able to just kind of relax and, and uh, just refocus and re-energize. You know, that's what they say, that recreation is recreation. It's really good to just take some time to recreate who you are, uh, just uh, to take some time to just get out of the rut of what your relationship with God might be like and just recreate it, just to be able to worship God with, you know, with pine trees and bald eagles flying overhead and, you know, no guitar and no Pete, but worshiping God in, in a different way, recreating, you know, what worship looks like. Uh, recreating what, what, uh, what the Word looks like, recreating what church looks like. We were up there, and we had, one, we had, we had some fellas from Sweets Corners over, and, and one of the guys there, he said, hey, we, you know, we're going to have a church service tomorrow morning. It's Sunday. You know, we've got two pastors up here. We better have a church service. You can guess who that might have been um, based on that voice. But, um, uh, if, uh, but up there, all of a sudden, you know, one of the guys from our camp said, uh, you know what? He's like, hey, this is church. You know, it's Saturday, but this is church because we're Christians hanging out together, you know, eating together, got the word together. And, and it was, it was kind of neat. I was like, yeah, they get it, you know. And, and also one of the young guys, one of the teenagers like, well, you know who the Kingsway people are up here. You know, they get it. You know what church is really all about. I'm like, yeah, even the young guys get the culture of wherever you are, you're the church. And I want to keep encouraging that in you. Wherever you find yourself, you are the church. You know, that, that is more the church of sitting at Tim Hortons, talking about the word, praying with one another and eating a donut together, or your own donut each, whatever. That is more, that is more church than, than you could be sitting here this morning just trying to make sure you endure it and, you know, hope there's something left for you at that cafe when it's done. That could be more church, and probably is. So I would want to encourage you this morning that to just have a heart to open to uh, what God would want to say to you, but even that God would want to speak through you to someone else. That, that's my heart uh, for us this morning, that, that we are the church. We just want to encourage, keep encouraging that in you. I love it. You know, if you were at the Mumford & Sons concert last night with another believer, that was church. I know, crazy, I know. Uh, hopefully you're talking about Jesus there. Um, but anyways, we're doing communion, I don't know. But um, I, 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 wanted to, um, I wanted to share this morning just uh, about a couple of things. You know, one of the, one of the things, it's good, to, it's good to take a rest. It really is. You know, God, he said, even in creation, six days I created the, this whole, everything you see. Uh, and then he says he took a rest. Uh, he said, too, you know, in the commandments, hey, work six days and then take a break. Set aside a day that's just set aside to God. And he said, well, Mark, that's Old Testament. New Testament's even better. Every day is the Lord's day. Say, taking time just to chillax a little in each day and say, okay, God, here's your time. Here's, here's I'm just focusing specifically. I'm making sure that my focus is on you. Uh, and then realizing that you live your day out of that, it's a good thing to do, and just to remember to, to take a break. I'm one of those guys that just gets in, in this mode of go, 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 do, 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 try and get stuff done and get nothing done. You know, but that's my, so I got to do that again tomorrow. I got to try and get stuff done. And you get in a mode, and he says, just, just slow down. Take a little bit of a break. And, and uh, you know, my prayer this morning is, too, that I just be able to rest and allow Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do and not try too hard to do uh, what, what, what I want to do. Uh, and, and that's my, my prayer uh, some things are good to take a rest from. Some things are not good to take a rest from. You know, don't take a break from, uh, from um, you know, your relationship with God. Don't, don't decide, you know, uh, you know, one day, you know, Monday, oh, God, I was in church on Saturday, and I was there on Sunday. You know, I'm taking the day off. I'll call you tomorrow, right? We'll, we'll, we'll ch- don't take a break from that. Don't take, a, don't take a break from fighting the, the good fight of faith. Don't take a break from standing firm against temptation, because we can do that in our lives. We really can. It's so easy. You don't think about it till after the fact. You're like, oh, yeah, you know what? I, I just kind of drifted into a break. It's just continue to be in that spot of every day, just, just this passionate pursuit of God, and not just, not just on Sunday, not just on Monday, but that, that continuing uh, daily thing. Don't take a break from that. 
Um, you know, and one of the things that, that I've realized is that, that sometimes, and maybe you're not like me, but for, some, for, for people like me, and me in specific, you know, you can sometimes lose uh, the amazement for things that are amazing. You know, we just sang a song about amazing grace. Did you think about the fact of how amazing it is? Or was it like, oh, I know that song, good, I can sing along. <laughs> Or do you think about how amazing grace is? You know, up north, we're going through, and as you travel the lakes, and you, you go through the lakes, and you see flowers that no one else is, you know, going to see, because, you know, we're the only ones going through that lake. And you see these birds flying over, and you're like, wow, that's pretty amazing. Crystal clear waters. You see these blueberries and raspberries that the bears haven't got yet, that, you know, it's just there for us. And you're like, wow, God, this just, ama- it's amazing. It's just, this, the amount of beauty that's up there, for no other reason than that, just that it's there, that we got to experience, like, it's amazing. Then you go, you know, at the gas station, you talk to the gas attendant there up north, and you're like, hey, you know, isn't it amazing what this, how beautiful this place is? It's kind of normal for me, you know, I live here. You know, it's just normal, right? It's amazing, but he doesn't see it as amazing. You know, there's other things that are amazing. Um, this, this week uh, on Friday, uh, uh, it was really amazing. Um, I'm going to be married to Beth for 10 years. I know, it's it's awesome. And, and, and I thought, you know, I thought about it over the last couple of weeks. We just went out on a date, and I thought, you know, I'm going to be really creative. I'm going to think about all the great memories of the past 10 years. And as we're, as, you know, when we're on a date, I'll start talking about it. As I began to think about it, I, I thought back to, like, how it all started. You know, back in the day, I was the youth pastor at Sweets Corners, and Beth was in the youth group. And, uh, you know, it's like I had tried dating one of her sisters, and that didn't work out. And, you know, I had a crush on another. I, I just love the family. I don't know. But anyways, um, too much information, but, but, but there was, a, all of a sudden, I was like, man, I, this girl, she's pretty awesome. I, I you know, I, I think, I think I might have a chance, but I wasn't sure, and I had to be sure. Before I asked her out, I had to know that she was going to say yes, so I would meet regularly with my brother-in-law, Tim Hortons, and we would discuss my chances, you know, like, uh, is it 50-50? It's like, mm, this week you're a bit of a dork, you know, you're dressed in like those, those uh, untapered jeans or whatever, you know, like, forget it, you, you know, not a good week, you know, and, and think, okay, well, next week we'd, we'd talk, but then we plan, what should I do? What does she like? You know, maybe, maybe I can up my chances. And, and I would talk to her. I'd be telling her, you know, there's this girl I like you. And, and I talked about that for like six months, you know, about this girl that I liked. And um, she's like, okay, whatever. So then I waited. And then, you know, my brother-in-law said, you know what? Forget it. Stop asking me. He says, just go ask. Just get some guts and go ask her. And I was like, I'll do it. So I waited for the perfect moment. We're out in the barn and uh, I'm working, feeding the cows. Uh, I'm like in my overalls, got manure on my boots and uh, she's milking cows. She's got a do-rag on and uh, her overalls. And, and I was like, you know, I'm talking to her like, hey, you know, um, you remember that girl I was telling you about, you know, I like so much? And she's like, yeah, would you just tell me already who it is? I'm like, it's you. And she's like, shock, right? These like eyes of like, what? No! She says, no, no, no. And I'm like, so, you know, in the conversation I followed, I kind of asked what my chances were like, and it was like, you know, dumb and dumber, like one in a million, you know, like saying I have a chance. He's like, not in this lifetime. I, I know. I don't know what lifetime she's in now, but I'm in it. You know, it's like, <laughs> but, but I remember that. I was like, wow. You know, and then two years later, she went off to college and she had this dorm with seven other girls that she lived with. And I, I thought, what a great way to pick up chicks. You know, I know her. I'll go hang out at this, at this, um, it was a Christian, it was a Christian university. So it's all good. So, um, I, I went there and and I'm hanging out with her and all her friends and, you know, trying to get to know them. And, and somehow something was sparked in her. I, I'd given up, right? I was like, not in this lifetime. Well, you just give up. So, but then it, out, of, out of the blue, all of a sudden, you know, things started to happen. I didn't realize it all. So then, then she calls one day. She's like, hey, you want to go, on, wanna go to, the, to the movies? My whole dorm is going. I'm like, whole dorm, seven girls, me and Beth? Sure, I'm, I'm in. Uh, and so we, we decide to go. And then I arrive. 
I arrive to go to the movies, and conveniently, none of her friends can come along. It's just her and me. I'm like, well, this is a big waste, you know. I don't have a chance. All right, well, do you still want to go? And she's like, yeah, I'd like to go. So we're like, all right. So we went, and I think we saw Big Fat Greek Wedding, which turned, uh, you know, a few months later. I, I didn't even wait that long. As soon as I realized she liked me, I was like, three months later, we were engaged. I was like, she had a lapse in judgment. I'm not taking, you know, I'm not going to give her another, another chance, right? Uh, this, we're in. So uh, I, I asked her to marry me and turn into our Big Fat Dutch Wedding. But I remember, I remember that time um, right after that, that, um, you know, I would hang out at the dorm, and I would talk to her, and I was like, man, I was like in cloud 15, if there was one, and then I would drive home as fast as I could, and I'd go to my computer, and I would get online and see, because back then they had MSN Messenger, anybody remember that? Like, and, and that sound was like, just lights on for me. I'd look and say, oh, is, is Diamond, that was the name, her name back then, is Diamond online, and she's like, yeah, she's online, and we'd talk, and she sent a happy face, and that sound like, oh, I can't believe it. I'm talking to this girl, like, this, this is amazing, I can't believe it, she's, she's actually talking to me, this is fantastic, and I thought about that, and you know, I, then I thought about kind of what's like now, you know, she calls myself, I'm like, yeah, hey, hey, what's up, uh, oh, you want to buy that, the store, oh, okay, fine, all right, bye, love you, yeah, two, see ya, just click, hang up, so what happened? You know, 10 years from what was, like, amazing that this girl would even notice me to, hey, what's up? Okay, yeah, fine, goodbye. But as I thought about it, I began to realize how much I really love this woman. I, I thought about those times. It was like, man, those feelings just begin to rush back of just who I am married to. Married to a woman who is just uh, passionate about the Lord, uh, a woman of character, a woman who sacrifices incredibly so that I can do this. Amazing. A woman who loves her family, loves her kids, is a fantastic mother and desires that they would know the Lord above anything else. The fact that she uh, is my friend and loves me and puts up with the crazy stuff I do, like, it, it's amazing that I'm a married to her, and it's truly amazing. And I begin to remember that, but what happened? All of a sudden I start thinking, about it, like, wow, you know what? Yeah, you're right. This woman's fantastic. What's changed? On purpose, I begin to just, just think back of how amazing she is, and the thoughts, the feelings of what it's all about come right back to that spot of, you know what? You're right is amazing. But what's happened in my life? You begin, to, you begin to forget and no longer be amazed by what really is still amazing. If it can happen in something as simple as a marriage relationship or any others, it can happen in other important relationships like the one we have with our, with our, with our Savior, our, our Lord Jesus Christ. It can happen with something like this. You know, we look at the Word and we think, oh, yeah, you know, we read the Word every Sunday. You know, it's like, oh, no, what, no big deal. You know, we kind of expected it this morning. You know, many of you didn't bring your Bibles because you figured, out oh, it'll be on the screen. You know, there's this thought of, um, the, the thought that, oh, you know, they're probably going to open a Bible. It is church. You would think they would try and find something in the Bible. Do you realize what this is? How amazing is it that the God of the universe decided to speak uh, his very words so that we would have the chance to read them throughout history and have our hearts and our lives affected and changed, that our lives would begin to make sense, that, that the love story that he, and the feelings he has for us, he put it in a place where we could find it and say, oh man, you know, I can take this and it can affect my life. And, and it's like God talking to me. It's like back in the day where you're on the phone like, holy smokes, God is talking to me. Still the same thing today. My, my challenge, as before we even look at the Word, is that we realize what we're just about to do. We're about to look at something that is truly amazing. My heart is that you would continue to be and remain amazed um, at that this morning. Would you turn just into his Word to uh, the, the, the book of Hebrews? Uh, Hebrews chapter uh, 4, verse 12. It's, it's simply 
It's just simply a verse that just talks about how amazing the word really is. My heart is that Holy Spirit would just light that up inside of you uh, in this place this morning. Hebrews chapter 4. He'd been talking um, to the Hebrews, obviously, um, for, for, for a couple of chapters, just about um, who, they, who they are, who God is, and not, you know, when God speaks, how to respond. And then he says that his word is like this. In verse 12, it says, The word of God is alive and powerful. The word of God, it's alive, it's powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Think of the pictures that you just see as you, as you hear this this morning. It's cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Incredible words when you think about it. I want to kind of break that down a little bit this morning. The Amplified Version of the Bible, which takes the ri- original Greek words and just says here, this is the other meanings behind them. It says this, the word of God's uh, the word that God speaks, it's alive. It's full of power, which is making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. That's what the word is right now. It says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, which is your soul. And it says, and the immortal spirit, which is the part that lives on. And it says, of the joints and the marrow of the deepest parts of your nature, exposing, sifting, and analyzing, and judging the very thoughts and the purposes of our heart. This is what the Word of God is. Now, I'll give you a little lesson in Greek this morning, just for the fun of it. The, wor- the word word in Greek is actually three different, uh, there's three different translations of it. One is, one is this, that it's called grapha. It, it means the written word. Anything could be grapha. You know, you could read, you know, whatever, whatever you decide to read is, is, is printed material. It's is called grapha. So when he's talking about this, he's saying, hey, this word, it's not what he's talking about. He's not saying, hey, you know, the Bible, the, the, the printed book, that that is you know, what's, what's living and powerful. But he says that what it contains is the word, which is the, the word called logos, which is the actual words of God. Don't, don't get lost in the fact that it's just printed on the page because it says this thing is alive. It's not just words printed on a page. Isn't, isn't it incredible how this book can just speak to you? Have you ever had that where you're like, oh, Mark, how did you know? Like, seriously, you've been talking to my wife again? Because uh, that was like definitely for me. That's not me. That's Holy Spirit taking his word and just speaking it straight to your heart. There's no other book like that. There really isn't. There's nothing else that, that speaks like that. Um, and, and the cool thing is it's been doing that for thousands of years in, in hundreds of com- uh, countries to millions of people in different cultures, nationalities, genders, and ages. It's timeless. Why? Because it's, it's alive. It's not just something printed on a page. And, the, you know, the Bible says that the, the, the last thought for word is the word called rhema which it feels like God is speaking directly to you. In, the, in, in John chapter 1, it says that the Logos, the very words of God, it says they were in the beginning creating everything. Everything you see outside here, it's because he said so. That, that's, that's how powerful his word is. It's just, it just creative, and, and it, it, it ha- always has been. It says, that's, that, it says that that very creative word of God, it says, was in the beginning. That's the word. Those words became flesh, and that's who Jesus uh, is. It's, it's the very voice of God uh, on this planet. He says, that's, that's what, you know, the word looks like in, in, in a form that you can see. It's Jesus. That, that's, um, he says, that logos, those very words of God, he says, that's what decided to, uh, to create this planet and rescue it uh, in, in the form of Jesus Christ. So when you say, you know, some people read that, go, oh, the, you know, the word became flesh, so, you know, this is Jesus. As long as I have this, I'm good. As long as I have the Bible in my house, you know, I'm good. But it doesn't do you any good on the shelf. It, my, my question uh, for us this morning is, what place does the Word play in your life and in mine? 
Is it in the place that it needs to be? Is the very word of God in the place that it, that it needs to be? 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says all scripture, which the word is grapha, all the written stuff. It says it's inspired by God. It's useful to teach us what's true, to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what's right. So it's saying, hey, the stuff that you see written, it's inspired by God. You can bank on what's in here as being the actual words of God, but it's until they come off the pages and get spoken right into here and allowed to do what they do inside, that, that they're just pages. They're simply just pages. You know, I, I've asked, I asked somebody a while ago, and they've been a follower of Christ for years, maybe as long as I've been alive, and I asked them if they, you know, they could share some time at church, you know, for 10 minutes or so, just about who God is, what he means to them, what he's done in, the, in their life, or what they've learned from the word of God. And they're like, oh, I wouldn't even know what to say. My concern, really, for us as a church, and us as believers, is that we would become dependent on a word from somebody else at a Sunday service when you actually have direct link to hear from God yourself. That's my fear. That is my fear that if I were to ask any of you this morning to say, hey, come on up and just share what God's been teaching you from his word today, you would have nothing to say. We've been studying in 2 Peter. I'm way off my notes, so I hope this all makes sense. But we've been studying in 2 Peter about false teachers. That to recognize false teachers, know the word. Know it so well that you recognize when somebody's handing you a line. When somebody's just taking something out of the written word, but it's all, it's BS because they've twisted it any way that they wanted to to get something out of you. As we were sitting here, uh, they, they, of course, they asked the questions, you know, have you ever recognized any of these false teachers? And people are thinking about the televangelists. And Have you ever heard any false teaching? And my sister-in-law says, yep, every Sunday she goes here. I'm like, that's great, you know? Uh, I'm like, man, all right then. And I'm like, I don't want to be one of these false teachers. My, I don't want to be somebody that could ever be in that place. But my, my challenge for you is that she would know. That you wouldn't say, you know, one day you end up in front of God, and you're like, he's like, hey, so, uh, so what did you do? He's like, well, you know, I just kind of trusted what Mark said. You know, I thought, hopefully he got everything right. You know, my, my, my passion, my heart, and I believe what God's doing in my life is to, to say, seek the words so that you don't become a, that you don't teach anything false. But, you know, even though uh, I'm human, there could be false teachings. You know, the Bible talks about in Acts where he says, hey, be, be like the Bereans, who they, they just study the word every single day to see if what Paul said was true. That's Apostle Paul. Come on. We're not even going to, you know, check out Apostle Paul. Like, seriously, this is, God, this is like God's man. And they, they're like, no, you know what? I like what you said, but I'm going to go to the Word. I'm going to check the graph. I'm going to start looking through there every day to see if what he said is true. He said those people were noble. They were honorable. And my, my belief, Kingsway, is that we can be those people. People where the Word is so regular in our lives that it's, it's, it's there in us. And here's why. Number one, it just says in, in Hebrews 4.12 that the Word is alive. We just looked at that. It's, it's alive. It can actually change. If it can change your life, do you realize it can change the lives of those around you? It really can. It's creative in its, in its, um, in its power. It says the word is powerful. The word is actually not powerful. The word is actually uh, translated as being active, at work, creating. Um, like we just, we, had, we looked at that everything, if you can see through the shades a little bit, other than, not that side. Look at that side because, you know, the cars and whatever Ford made those. Um, but you look out there, you see, you, see, you see trees, you see grass. That's there because God said, grass be, trees be. You see light, you see daytime, you see the sun come up. It's because he said so. You know that tomorrow, the, the, you have no worries that tomorrow the sun's not going to come up till noon. Why? Because the order of his word just keeps that, keeps that going the way it is. It's that, um, that kind of uh, power of what he says happens. If you think about all that his word, all he had to do was say something and it created something. 
it, it, it gives the, the, the thought that, the, that his word, that logos, the spoken word of God is just that powerful. Here's something really cool. The Bible says that you're created in his image. You are. That also, you know, the Bible says in Proverbs that the power of life and death are in your tongue. In what you say, in what you speak, that you can speak life, you can speak death, you can create things by how you speak. I'm not, I'm not talking, you know, positive speaking, like, okay, I'm going to, Anthony Robbins said, say this a hundred times and it'll happen. What I'm saying is that if you speak the words of life, they will bring life. So what are you speaking over your marriage lately? What are you speaking over your kids? What are the words that come out of your mouth about, you know, your job, your financial situation? What are the words that come out about your relationships or about your health? About what you worry about and what you fear? Because, because he's saying you can speak life into those situations. No marriage is ever beyond help. Let me say that again. No marriage is ever beyond help. Speak life. No financial situation is ever so deep that the God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills can't fix. But what are you speaking? Well, God never does anything in my life. Ah, oh, my marriage is screwed up. Oh, my kids are, pff, they're just a waste of skin. What are you speaking? I, my encouragement is to speak the word. My fear is that we don't know what to say. My encouragement is to speak the word. My fear is that we don't know what to say. The word's alive. The word's powerful. The word's a weapon. It says it's sharper. I looked that up in the Greek. It means sharper. Um, it says, you know, it's like a cutco knife versus a butter knife. You can, you can fillet a fish with both, but one is a whole lot better. Um, and that's what he's saying. The word of God is sharper than anything you can picture. Sharper than any blade you've ever seen. Sharper than the fruit ninja blade, you know, you play on your iPad. It's, it's sharper than anything you can imagine. And, and why is he saying that? He's saying this. He says it's sharper it's like a fillet knife that it, it can take off the thinnest little, little part. It's piercing. And you start hearing like, oh, cutting, piercing. The word of God's like that. That hurts. Yeah, it does. Sometimes you ever heard the statement, the truth hurts? Yeah, it does, but it's for our good. You know, the, it, the Bible just talks about wanting to cut away things in our life uh, because it shouldn't be there. It's stuff that, that is actually hurting us. Have you ever heard of a disease called gangrene? You know, where, you, where the things that are on you are actually, your fingers, your hand, is di- it's dead. The flesh is actually dead, still attached to your body. It says if you don't cut that off, it's going to kill you. So a lot of times we don't like to, to kind of hear the word of God because it cuts at the flesh that's in our lives that it doesn't need to be there because it's killing us and it's cutting and saying this is what's really in your heart. And we don't like to be that way. We love to distance ourselves from what we, what we do and what we think. We say, oh, you know, I'm a good person, but I do some of these bad things. The Bible cuts through and says, no, you know what? There's bad things in your heart and I'm going to cut them out. He didn't care about the things you're doing or not doing. He didn't care about whether you dressed up on Sunday or whether you didn't cuss out your wife on the way to church this week, you know, or whether, whether you know, you were smiling when you got here. He didn't care about those things. He cares about your heart. He says, that's what he's always been after. He's like, people, he's like, they, you know, they worship me with their lips, but their heart's far from me. I don't care if you sing every song on Sunday in church. Your heart is what I want. If it's far from me, something's missing. And the Word of God cuts to that spot and says, you know what, I'm going to cut that. I'm going to cut to that place in the heart. Um, in Ephesians, it talks about the armor of God. And what does it say about the Word of God? It says it's a sword. It's a sword of the Spirit. And it was, what, what does it say there? It's rhema. It's the spoken Word. When you begin to speak the Word out, it's like a sword. It is, the sword is the only aggressive part of that armor. What I, what I think we fail to realize sometimes is, is who we're fighting. 
The Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. When Jesus was talking to Peter, and Peter said to him, you know, Jesus, you're not going to die. He's like, get behind me, Satan. He said, it doesn't say get behind me, Peter. He knows that it's not Peter that's the problem. It's something deeper than that, and he goes for the deeper thing. In your marriages, in your relationships, you know, that are toxic and ruined right now, that you think it's that person. It's not. Don't you realize the enemy would love to destroy every marriage in this place, and he's at work doing it right now? But his greatest tactic, and it's genius, is this. If I can take away all the bullets, the next gunfight is mine. If you have no weapon, you have nothing. Well, I got faith, and I, and I got all the other defensive stuff. You know, the defensive part of the armor only works for so long. You get kicked 10 times, you might handle it. The 11th time takes you out. Why? Because there's this thing of saying, you know what, I'm going to take the word of God for what it is, aggressively go after the enemy in my life. If I see his hand in my marriage, let's cut that off. Let's know what he, what he says. You begin to pray, saying, God, may I be like Jesus this morning as I treat my wife like you treat the church. Father, I pray right now that I would be a wife that is honoring to you, that respects my husband the way you desire to, that together we yield to one another. And you begin to pray these things. The enemy hates it. What happens? You begin to cut to what's really going on in your marriages, what's really going on in your relationships, what's really going on in, in, in your finances. You know what? Sometimes you think, oh, you know, the enemy's stealing everything. I can't get, I can't have a, you know, I don't, I don't make enough money. I can't have the job that I want. Do you realize that you're the richest people on the planet? And sometimes he just says, I'm going to cut to that spot, and you're not getting that job, and you're not getting that raise until you can learn to live without it because it will never give you the joy that you think. Until Christ is enough, everything else doesn't matter. So you begin to cut at those things in your heart. You're like, oh man, all right, God, I'm, I'm open. I, so, I hope we still are, but that we would fight. You know, in football, they had the New Orleans Saints. You know, they, they, they decided that they would put a bounty on the star players on other teams. They would pay the players money to take out the stars on other teams. You know, that's dirty, <laughs> but so is our enemy, and he's after our soul. After something so much more. And we say, you know what, okay, here we sit with the, just the Word of God at our disposal in so many ways, and, and it just sits there. My, my challenge, Kingsway, is pick it up. Pick it up, get it in here, begin to fight the good fight of faith with the weapons that He's given us. You know, it says the Word of God is alive, it's powerful, it's active, it's working, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides, it separates between things, and it cuts real close. Here's where I don't want you to miss. It gets right to the heart of the matter. It says it's a discerner. It figures out what's really going on. It's like a skilled judge. It knows exactly. You can see right through the, through the poker face. It, it, it says exactly it knows. You know that word it talks about where it's piercing? It's like, it's like those eyes that look right through you. You ever have that? You know, as a kid where you come home and you're like, your mom looks at you and like, oh, she knows. Who told her? Nobody knows. How does she know? She just looks at you like, go to your room. Like, oh, she knows. You know, it, I remember one time my mom looked at me and I was like coming home. I was 15 years old and, and she, uh, I was being a whatever, uh, an idiot. I was like mouthing her off, lipping her and she's like, you know what? She just right says, I rebuke that spirit of rebellion in you. And I was like, oh, I've never heard that before. Well, that, that's a new one. You know, I'm like, I'll go to my room. She's like, no, you won't. She's like, we're dealing with this right here, right now. And I was like, oh man. And I had a sense of a heart to God. I didn't want any spirit of rebellion in my life. I didn't want to be that way. I don't tell you, don't go do that on your kids. And I don't, I mean, don't go try that just as like, oh, Mark said. You know, but she knew. And it was like this thought of all of a sudden dealing with it. Let's just cut right to what it really is. I thank her for that. She probably rescued me from incredible, uh, incredible stupidity that I probably would have lived out had I kept going that way. But why? It's just to see right through you. 
One of the guys here the other day asked me why I don't look into people's eyes. That's why. I don't want to make you feel that way. But today, all good. So just quickly, quickly does it. Quickly gets to what's um, really going on. You know, um, a, a lot of times we just simply deceive ourselves. We hear the word and we just leave it at that. James 1 says, don't do that. Don't just hear the word and go, wow, yeah, that was amazing. That was something I really needed. And then just leave it here. He says, go do what it says. You know, if I have my kids, they're, they're kind of slobs. They're a lot like their father. Um, they, you know, two, my two share a room, and it's a disaster 10 minutes after you clean it. They got every toy out possible. They've tried on all their clothes, and it's just a, it's a disaster. So if I were to say to my, my son, Lincoln, Lincoln, go clean your room. And he's like, okay. But, you know, let's say you use Reese instead. So Reese comes back, and she says, she says, okay, Dad, I memorized what you said. I can tell you, clean my room. I was like, I said, clean your room. Okay, clean your room. Got it, Dad, got it. I'm like, did you clean your room? No. Go clean your room. Okay. She goes off, comes back. She's like, guess what, Dad? I can now, I studied, and I can now tell you how to say clean your room in Greek. And I'm like, did you clean your room? No. Go clean your room. Okay. Dad comes back a little while. Dad, I got a whole bunch of my friends together. We're going to sit around, and we're going to have a study about what it would look like and what it would feel like and sound like if I cleaned my room. And I'm like, did you clean your room? No, Dad, but, but you know, and what do we do? We do the same thing as a church. <laughs> like, do we, do we say, you know, I study the word. Today I learned, whoa, logos, grapha, rhema, sweet, I speak Greek. You know, that, that's amazing. I'm, yeah, uh, it's not what he wants. He simply says, if you've heard the word and if it cuts, to do what it says. This morning, that's my heart for you. Don't do what I say. I, I'm just a guy. Don't, don't. Don't go home and take anything that I've said this morning and say, I'm going to do that because Mark said so. But I believe this morning the Holy Spirit is already doing what he said he would do. That he's already taking his word and just cutting to your heart in certain areas. You know exactly what they are. You know, maybe this morning there's that cutting, that, that sharpness that's just getting to you. You know, in Hebrews chapter 3, he, he says this. In the chapters right before this verse that we just looked at, he says three times when you hear the word of God don't harden your hearts like Israel did when it rebelled. When you hear the word of God, when it gets you here, don't harden your hearts. What's it mean? Don't be stubborn. Uh, I went fishing up north, and you know, when you're fishing up there, you cast, you can use the same lure to catch everything in that lake. It's just awesome. The MEPS 4. Thanks to Bob for telling me about it and giving me a few. So you cast it out there, and it's, you know what? As, as years go by, you learn pretty quick. I always wondered, like, Bob would cast, and he'd, he'd you hook something on there, and he'd know right away what it was. And I was like, how does he know? He's like, nah, that could be a bass or a pike. No, that's a pike. I was like, no, you know, there's no way he knows. That's like 50 feet away, maybe 100. He can really cast. But then, you know, by the time he gets to the boat, he's right every time. I'm like, how's this possible? But then I've learned something. As I'm fishing out there, and as I begin to cast, I start realizing that, you know, when, the, when, you, when you hook a pike, doesn't matter how big it is, it fights for like 30 seconds. Like, pff, I give up. It just floats on its side all the way to the boat, right? Until it gets to the net, and then it puts up a little fight. But you can get those things. The bass, it doesn't matter how small they are. They will fight and fight and fight and fight and fight. You get them to the boat, you reel them all the way in. I was like so excited to catch something on the first day because we weren't catching nothing. I had this tiny little bass, got it all the way to the boat. I was like, oh, sweet. It was about this big. My lure was this big. And I was like, all right, throw him back in the water. Fight with him again, right? Because it's like, it's, it's fun. Um, but that's the same th- um, thought. The bass are just stubborn. I'm not doing I'm not doing I'm not doing The hook is in their mouth. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. And most of the time, I would tell you, don't give up. In this case, when the Word of God hooks you, catches you, I, my, my challenge is you'd be like a pike and say, okay, God, quickly, I give up. Get me, 
to where you need me to be so that you can take that thing out of my life. Don't be like the bass that's just stubborn. Say, I'm going to fight it, I'm going to fight it, I'm going to fight it. Because guess what? He'll keep bringing it around in your life and will keep being more painful in your life. And maybe this morning you're like sitting here going, oh God, you're dealing with this again. Yeah, he is because he loves you. He loves you. He cares about those things. This morning, uh, my prayer is that you would just allow the Word of God to do what it's supposed to do. Allow it to just cut what's, what it's cutting in your life. Allow it to take those um, things out that, uh, that are there. And allow yourself to just be, remain amazed by the Word of God as opposed to this thought of, oh, I just really don't want to hear what God says. He said this, don't be stubborn three times. Let it do what it's doing because it's for your good. Maybe he's cutting away at what you think is right. Maybe he's cutting away and messing with, the, you know, the, your belief systems a little bit right now about what you believe is true. Maybe he's cutting at how you've been treating your spouse. Maybe he's cutting at, you know, how little you actually read the Word of God. This morning, that's just like resonating in you. Maybe this morning he's cutting, you know, at, at your view of yourself and how you view others, how you treat them. Maybe this morning he's cutting at your view of sexuality thinking, you know, it's okay, we can live together, we can sleep together, nothing's going to happen with that. But he, says, he cuts to that and says, listen, my way is better. And begin to say, okay, God, I'm your way, uh, your Lord. When we say Jesus is Lord, what does that mean? It means he gets to make the decisions. When he says it, that's what it is now. I'm not Lord in my life anymore. I don't always like it, but I'm not. I've resolved that, that his way is better. Maybe he's cutting, you know, maybe he's cutting away the, you know, at the things that are wasting the gift of time that he's given you. This week I had to delete all my Angry Birds accounts. You laugh, but I had three stars in almost every level. And I was like, seriously, I gotta, I was like, I gotta get rid of this? And you know, he says, yeah, cut it. I was like, God, that was a lot of work. He said, cut it. I'm like, why? He said, because you play Angry Birds before you'll read my word. I'll cut one. Because it's real. All, all I want to tell you is I, I struggle with this the same. He's lighting it up in me to say, you know what? what what's it worth? Seriously, we, we, get, we get so distracted by everything else that we're just lulled to sleep. But the war is going on around us. I want to see us win. I love 10 years with my wife. I want to see it 50. I want to see the, the, that we continue to grow uh, as a church that, that's actually affecting the world around us, that those are struggling with addictions, you're winning. Why? Because you picked up your sword, and you're like, every day, let's fight, I'm in, let's go. I love how people text me the scriptures, you know, they text uh, words of encouragement. I love, that's got to keep going. That's got to keep happening. That you guys, when you get together and you, you face a problem, you know, this week we faced a little hiccup with our portable, and we're standing in the backyard talking about it, and Grant uh, Lamb is there, and he's like, listen, let's pray right here, right now. In the backyard, I'm like, you got it. And he doesn't pray like, dear Lord, we pray about this portable situation. He's like, my whole neighborhood heard. All Townsend probably heard. Dear Lord! You know, and it's like, we just thank you for your word. And it's like, well, you know what? Great. Fantastic. We need that more in our lives. Why? Because we're the church. To, to, to be the church wherever we are. But, but like I said it earlier on, my fear is that we don't know what to say. So my question for you is the same that I ask myself. What part does this play in our lives? Am I still amazed by what's in here? Do I still believe that this is true? When I hear this, I say, okay, God, this is God speaking to me. And you know what? He's God on me. He wins. I'm going to take this. Let's, let's do it. My hope for you is this morning, this Holy Spirit's cutting things into your life that you begin to do. And if you're here this morning, say, you know what, Mark, what do I do? James 1 says, don't just hear it. Do something. Do something. Prioritize it. Put it in your phone that you say, you know what? 
put it in there, plan it, say, I'm gonna, it's going to wake me up at 10 a.m. so that I, that I spend some time just reading the Word or whenever you wake up. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna, to say, if you're into apps, there's apps all over the place that just give you the chance to have the Bible with you all the time. Like, well, I don't read good. No problem. <laughs> they made ones that will read it to you. I know. To get the Word of God. And you know what? Don't listen to me and hear me out on this. It's not a, it's, there's no guilt in this at all. It's just for the simple thing of not just getting to know the Word, not just trying to memorize as much as you can, but to get to know the God of this Word. Not just to know the Word of God, to know the God of this Word. Uh, it's, you know, I believe that for us. Say, well, you know, I'm not, I'm just kind of new. Like, I got saved a week ago. I'm like a rookie. Well, then go for rookie of the year. Start small and just start sowing that into your life and go for it. Like, well, I need something that's easy for me to understand. We got children's Bibles downstairs. Read them to your kids so that they don't realize what you're really doing. It's just trying to understand what the Bible's all about. But do something. Do something. And don't wait till tomorrow to decide what that's going to be. If he's cutting your heart right now in any of these areas, decide right now what you're going to do about that. Can we take just a minute or two? I know we're over. I'm sorry. Can we take a minute just to, just to give you a chance just to settle this with Holy Spirit right now? Just bow your heads if you would. I'm not going to pray. You get to. Whatever he's, whatever he's saying in your heart this morning, maybe it's nothing. It's possible. But if it's something, would you just decide right now to willingly submit to his lordship in your life? <laughs> willingly submit to the amazingness of his word? And then willingly commit to doing something about it. Father, thank you for your word. I mean that. Thank you. Thank you for your word. Keeps bringing me back to where I need to be. Thank you for that. God, I, I just pray over this family this morning. I pray over every individual because you're not into crowds, you're into people. Pray that as they walk this journey with you this week, Holy Spirit, that you would cause the word to be come alive in them. That they would see its power and its creative force as they begin to speak that into their situations rather than everything else they've been. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you go with them, that you never leave them, you never forsake them. God, I pray that uh, that we would be the people that you've called us to be. That we would win in the battles that, that we're fighting with you. God, I pray your, uh, your, your hope and your peace and your joy in the homes here and in families here. And Father, above all, if there's people here that don't know you this morning, pray for them right now. I know you can uh, show yourself real that even as we shared your word that that, God, you would draw them to you. Give them courage just to um, surrender their lives to you, live for you. Thank you for this time together. Thank you for this place again. Thank you for this family that you've brought together and called by your name. May we go out and live that to the fullest this week. It's your amazing and wonderful name, Jesus. I pray these things.